right. We are squadcasting. Welcome to another episode of Booking Pop Culture, not just from where I like to call the Mike 9 studio, but from everyone's home as well. I'm your referee, Rick Vivian, and tonight's bookers are God Loves, Bronson Kills, Nobody Puts Dickie in the Corner. I'm in the corner by choice. I thought you taking a drink. That's why I wanted you to go first. Yeah, I was either to come up with something witty to say when you unmuted me or take a sip of this delicious cherry bubbly, which would be great if they sponsored the podcast. And I went with the cherry bubbly because I have my priorities right. Okay. That should be their slogan, by the way. Let's do this over. The fuck that. <laughs> Damn, no, move on. By way of the Lat Cave, the Jackson Tan Businessman, the Latidactyl, the Tan Lantern, the Genetic Jackpot, the Baron of Beefcake, the Goliath of Girth, the Monarch of Mass. Let's head on down to Morlock Street for Mr. Latter-day Night himself, Joe Coleman. Yes, the monolith of Morlock, Uti, out of his Tiki Jawa mug as we speak. But back on that bubbly, you know, I had a bubbly bounce. You boys had any of those? No, no. explain. All right, so apparently a bubbly bounce has 35 milligrams of caffeine in it, and I feel like taking a nap every time I take a sip. So bubbly, you're full of crap. With the overly stimulated, caffeine makes the highly stimulated sleepy, though. I don't know if we covered that. I mean, I am highly stimulated. I am Captain Stimmy. I think you're just too much. I could see where Joe could fall into that. I am not highly stimulated. I think I drink a lot of caffeine. I think you're you're too good for this world. (laughs) Thanks, man. Whatever that means. It means oh, what it means. Wipe yeah. Your away from my eye, real quick. <laughs> okay, take a picture of it. Yeah. <laughs> Show the people. Blow them kisses. <laughs> Hailing from the law offices of Dewey Cheatham and Howe, our resident pop culture guru and this podcast attorney, first letter of his first name, Jay. I'm only mildly stimulated. It's fine. It's the it's Monday after the friggin' uh, daylight savings time. I'm ready to go to bed. I am suffering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause you wake up at like three in the morning, right? Oh yeah. Three 30 in the mound. Right. So that's a big jump for you. Cause I try to like hit them weights right at five on the dot to mitigate that risk of all the goofs running around without the mask and the gym and all that stuff. But you know, there's still a few, I mean, I, they've got a, they've got a sign saying how to wear it and all this and not to do the dick nose thing, but I'm half tempted to grab it every time I see someone do it and point to it and be like, I will fight you right now. Drives me insane, but whatever. I I haven't killed anyone yet. So (laughs) it's good. However, someone tried to fist bump me today at the gym and it was like, what? I'm not going to, we're in a pandemic. I'm not going to touch you. Get out of here. What are you doing? What were you thinking, guy? Why did they feel the need to fist bump you? Because like he was trying to walk in my direction and then I stopped to let him pass. And then he was like, you know, you go ahead. I was like, no, sir, you go ahead. And he's like, oh, OK. And then he tried to fist bump me. And it's like, brother, no, just that doesn't get a fist bump. Yeah, it's like, just fucking go. <laughs> it's like, leave me alone. I'm not I'm deliberately not making eye contact and pointing my face away from you. So I don't have to breathe anything you're trying to breathe by me. So leave me alone. <laughs> That's encroachment. Yeah. He's encroaching upon you. Almost took his leg right out. Yeah. No, I don't like that. Next time he does that, you got to be like, we don't have that kind of relationship yet. No, no. And I don't think we ever could. I mean, he seemed like a nice gentleman, but he, I don't know. Clearly he's trying to pay respect, but I, no. <laughs> pay tribute with a bow. How about a nice bow? That's right. I would appreciate that. A kowtow, as a matter of fact. Or a knee. Yes, yes. A curtsy. That's it. That's all you got to do. Yep. Or I've been giving like the fake elbow. Like, you know, okay. And then just kind of do one of those. And then everyone waves their elbow at you. They never touch. 
I like the fighter bow where you do a fist in the hand and one of these numbers, and it's like, oh shit, that guy's serious. Like, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people love it. Yep. No one can actually see what we were talking about. <laughs> wonderful you radio. described it perfectly. <laughs> They're like, that guy is clearly Ong Bak. That movie's sweet. The dude lights his legs on fire and then kicks the shit out of like 12 dudes. <laughs> that movie's awesome. Yeah, that movie's sweet. Oh. Okay, guys. We've seen the finale of WandaVision. We've taken a little time to process it. Now it's time to chat it up. And I'd like to start if I could. Basically, with all that we've talked about on the show and in our chats, I can admit that I felt a little I felt a little let down as we just didn't get that massive X-Men bust on Disney Plus that we were hoping for. But I think it's made pretty clear that they're going to save something like that for the big screen. And with that said, I was also having similar thoughts to when I first saw Last Jedi and not getting what I wanted. But unlike Last Jedi, what we did get was an amazing little story, a short run, if you will, to fully establish Wanda moving into the next phase of MCU. While we didn't get the big bad we were thinking we would get, it made you realize that the main villain of this show was Wanda's grief. Wanda had quite a bad couple of weeks, as well as a terrible last five years leading up to this run. Seeing that play out and the way they tied it into her escape into old sitcom shows turned out to be a really amazing story arc. This all has me pretty excited for the next shows dropping on Disney+. Plus. I like where they're headed with these things, but I'm still a little unsure of where MCU is going, but I know it's going to be a cool ride. So... They named this the series finale as it clearly leads into Doctor Strange 2. Where did this last episode leave you guys after watching it? I think that if they had introduced a new villain or had too much X-Men, it would have overshadowed like the point of the whole series, which is, I think, why they didn't do that. If they had like a big movie budget like Mephisto or somebody coming in, A, it'd be predictable. B, it would take away from like the story they were telling. So I'm actually glad about that, and I'm, I'm kind of glad that they didn't do any X-Men lead-in, despite them kind of fucking us over with the Quicksilver tease, but I don't think they're going to do something like that and not follow up on it later. That's definitely something they're going to make up for. But yeah, I think any of that would have taken away from how awesome the rest of the story was. Yeah, and I think uh, exactly what Rich is saying here is that they're going to follow up on that at some point, and whether it's a throwaway line about the multiverse and Agatha having to pull a Pedro from another timeline or whatever, they'll follow up on it in some way because it can't. It wasn't just done to give the crowd a middle finger. This is Marvel we're talking about, and they're actually all about the fan service to a degree. I mean, they've disrespected me with the Hulk, like. The whole way, so I'm I'm pretty hot at them. But aside from that, I think that they did. They obviously did this Quicksilver thing on purpose. It was deliberate, despite what the showrunner says. He's like, I didn't think that people would make that Quicksilver and X Men connection. What? That's exactly why it was there. Yeah, it's totally silly. Uh, that was obviously something of a disappointment. But I think we're gonna revisit it in some way, some fashion. At least I hope. And uh, like Rich was saying, it. It still is a very nice, self-contained story. Our expectations were just very high for a lot of things and to almost follow the comic books to a T. But the comics are ridiculous. You'd have to introduce this master pandemonium guy with the babies on his arms and it's nightmare fuel. And then you'd have to introduce Mephisto. It's way too much. You have to keep it somewhat simple to keep it coherent. And I think they did a really good job. I loved it. I think it's one of the best things Marvel has put out overall, and it just goes to show that, let's face it, they took some B characters, the Scarlet Witch and Vision, 
made them freaking main event stars. They really, really did with this show because it's one of the best things Marvel Studios has put out, period. And they've done a lot of great movies. So kudos to them. I enjoyed the show and I can't wait for uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon. Like, that's going to be really exciting. Yeah, I, uh, I echo everything that they just said. And, and the disappointment uh, factor, I'm going to quote from the text of uh, Radiohead in that uh, you do it to yourself. You do. And that's what really hurts. You do it to yourself. Just you. You and no one else. You do it to yourself. We all did it to ourselves. Good night, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so goddamn true about life. Yeah. We're just shut it down now. Yeah. <laughs> but they did the Quicksilver thing, so they did that on purpose. <laughs> they did that, but we got Monday morning quarterback the shit out of this and fantasy booked it into a corner that there was almost going to be nothing but all outright uh, chaos and professor x flying through the sky and that's exactly what i wanted i wanted friggin patrick stewart <laughs> in a wheelchair flying from the sky to save everybody exactly short of that we were always going to be disappointed um and i was disappointed I'm almost glad we waited a minute to record because it allowed me some time to reflect on the fact that, yeah, we didn't have our Skywalker moment, but this was a damn cool series. And I think that what it did was really push the boundaries of what we uh, would normally watch on TV. In particular, like my wife is not a comic book person, but she got sucked into this. And it's what's funny is that listening to other people now that we're through it, they're wanting to catch up on it and watching them struggle with the first two episodes going, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. And that's not the way we watch TV anymore. We don't give a series two to three episodes to, to really find their ground. And this series didn't find their legs until what episode four. Right. And then it really picked up and it was a, it was an event every week, but you needed those episodes one, two, and three for four to matter. And similar to what you're saying here, people that are just now like, hey, I heard this WandaVision thing's pretty cool. I'm going to start watching it. So they're back to binging it just as if it was on Netflix. And they, they're not having that yeah. weekly water cooler chat with their friends, people at work, whatever, about what's going on. Because we saw those first two episodes and yeah, they were corny as fuck, but it was like, well... What's up with that helicopter? That's got to be something. The beekeeper. What the fuck? These are things that, you know, lived within us for a week until that episode three came out and then episode four. And, you know, and it built that momentum for us to binge it now. It just wouldn't. I don't think it would have the same the same feel. Same thing with Mandalorian. You know, people that are trying to binge Mandalorian. It's they're cool shows to watch if you sit down and watch it all. But it's it's that build throughout the week in your head that makes them so great. There is something just so fun and exciting and rewarding about that day finally coming. Like it's, I'm obviously up very, very early regardless every morning, but it made my Fridays that much more special. Like I was excited to go to bed on Thursday night early so I could wake up, be refreshed and drink my pre-workout while I watched the new episode of WandaVision. Like, it was such a cool, like, four-week period where I was doing that, especially because I somehow dodged the bullet of the Quicksilver spoiler. It had never been spoiled. I watched it at, like, 8 p.m. the night it came out. Thankfully, it was still a surprise, but I was like, I can't risk this again. I'm going to watch it at 3.30 every morning. 
it was really cool. And the same with Mandalorian. I looked forward to it every single week, and I'm really excited that we'll have the same thing going on with Bucky and Falcon. It'll be a little different. I mean, even Rachel says the same. She doesn't feel like she'll have the same connection because this is going to be just very high-octane, all-action, Madripoor, Baron Zemo, all this cool stuff. But I'm really pumped for that. I think it's going to be really, really cool. So I, I really like this, like learning how to anticipate a TV show again. Yeah. Falcon Winter Soldier is definitely going to be a bro fest. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And back on it, like Daredevil is hands down my favorite thing Marvel has done, period, live action. We're including everything MCU. We're including Spider-Man's. We're including X-Men stuff. Like, I love that Daredevil show so freaking much. But the problem when it came out, I was like, man, I need to watch this all at once because some asshole is going to spoil something for me. And then sure as hell, we went to a wrestling show like five days after it came out and some someone spoiled one of the end i could see the ending coming but of course he spoils that Electra dies and i'm like come on i gotta i guess i was standing i was part of that conversation oh, you got so mad i was in the locker room but then i felt bad for how mad i got because the guy <laughs> just slumped down and felt so bad and i'm like brother i'm sorry you just you kind of ruined the show but not really but i'm still kind of pissed <laughs> yeah you ruined my life, but it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> yeah, this became as a, and especially, you know, we're in this pandemic situation, we're locked at home or, you know, we're working online or whatever we're doing throughout this. It became something that, you know, and I don't want to put too much on it, but almost a little unification of, you know, especially within your friend group, you know, or people at work oh, yeah. or whatever, because I, I would get online with people at work and they'd want to talk about it with me. Been a lot of time at work talking about this. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of people that uh, I don't talk about a lot of TV with suddenly want to engage with this, uh, particularly at work. It's like, OK, so did you did you watch WandaVision yet? Uh, it's noon on Friday. Are you watching it at work? You know, I'm your boss. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing is that I, I love Netflix. Netflix changed the game. Hulu does the same drop thing that they for some of their shows, too. But dropping it weekly is wonderful. And in this case, I heard it was almost necessary because they yeah. hadn't cut the last ep couple episodes when the first two dropped. And that's why they, they only could drop the first two where they, the plan, the original plan was to drop the first three. And they needed that extra week to cut the last episode. So I thought that that was kind of an interesting thing that they were they were really working up against the wire. Uh, it does make me wonder what it would be like um, ending WandaVision and then... Wasn't Doctor Strange supposed to come out like this weekend or next weekend? I think originally maybe May. Was it April or May? Yeah. I think May, which, you know, we're now we're going to get Black Widow like May 7th, I think is what they said. Dude, think about it. We're about to get an onslaught of Marvel content and we haven't even seen trailers for a lot of it, which is insane. So we're, we're getting Black Widow in May. I think we're getting Shang. I, I might be completely wrong with the timeline. Either way, we're getting all of these before 2022. We're getting Black Widow. Then we're getting Shang-Chi and I think July. And we haven't seen anything aside yeah. from like some Lego sets that kind of give you a look at what the characters might look like and things like that. Then we're going to see Eternals, which we've seen some Marvel Legends leak out and things like that and other uh, merchandise and products. But I think that comes out in 
when is, is that November? Eternals? It, it's it's like November, something like that. Um, and then in de- December, freaking Spider-Man 3 drops. So we get four movies <laughs> from May until December. And I think there's a good chance we might get the Hawkeye show in at some point in that. We're going to get Loki as well. There is a lot of content that's going to just keep us happy for months on end 2021 is looking pretty sweet what is this shang si she shang she shang si shang she is fing boom in that no that'd be well, maybe i don't know apparently the the main antagonist is going to be the real mandarin of the mcu oh. which is kind of like all right i it's kind of cool that they set it up in iron man 3 to an extent it's a little you know? late yeah because now he's fighting shang chi who's like dude that is a d-list character yeah it's cool but he knows he knows kung fu that's his whole thing like he's not even iron fist iron fist has an iron fist like this guy is literally just kind of a karate guy and i might be a little bit ignorant because i wasn't around in the 70s to read his comic and any comic i actually have read with him in it just hasn't you know been that enthralling so I'm not terribly excited, but uh, it's another entry in the MCU, so something might be cool. Yeah, that's the guy from Kim's Convenience is Shang-Chi. I don't know if you guys watch Kim's Convenience, but for the first like five or six episodes of this season, Young, who is the eldest son in Kim's family, is in Los Angeles and business school. (laughs) And so they only zoom him in a few times at an episode to make sure that his character is not lost. But that's when he was filming it. And he was getting ridiculously ripped during that time, too. Nice. So if we go into this final episode, they've made it clear that it's the series finale, which essentially is Doctor Strange 1.5, more or less, especially that last scene, that last end credit scene. They basically replicate Doctor Strange doing all his homework while his physical form slept and drank tea and chilled, especially since we're, you know, still, gosh, what, a, a year, year plus away from Doctor Strange? How are they going to lead up to this? It seems like Spider-Man 3 is going to have some type of multiverse or maybe cracks of it. And then is Doctor Strange going to be the one that's figuring this thing out come next spring? I got to think so, just because uh, you already have the Doctor Strange Spider-Man connection. I mean, they were the two that went up to the space capsule together, which had one of my favorite scenes in Marvel where Peter Parker introduces himself as Peter Parker and Doctor Strange introduces himself as Doctor Strange. Oh, right. I was like, oh yeah, we're using our made-up names. Well, then I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> and it kind of reminds me of being in a wrestling locker room. Oh, <laughs> except for you, Joe, because you're always just Joe Coleman. Oh, thank you. But it, still, whenever I go to like cross the border, like I've said before, like they're always like, what's your wrestling name? And it's like that scene from Guardians of the Galaxy where he's like, I'm Star-Lord. And they're like, who? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm the genetic jackpot, Joe Coleman. They're like, what? <laughs> I'm like, it's not that hard to understand, you simpleton. I said it clearly. I know there's a lot of syllables and it's a little bit wordy, but the alliteration is there. 
and it works. <laughs> no way you said that to a Border Patrol guy. No, because they'd fuck my whole life up. No way on earth. <laughs> yeah. they, know, they know they can screw you. Like, they, they wouldn't stop till they hit the back of your teeth with that search. Oh, they're the worst. They literally they're the worst. Yeah. I remember uh, Josh Scarboni's wedding and pulling up to that. And I was telling my date that, okay, I'm going to introduce you to some people. And I might end up using three, four or five names. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what they're going to want to go by at a wedding. So just play along. Or why don't you ask them their name and then I'll know who they want to be. You're like, oh, this is my girlfriend. And you are. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I think that Doctor Strange is probably going to be in the Spider-Man. I would have to think so. Or at least the end credits or something. Yeah. Well, we ended this with she heard her kids screaming from like the abyss, mm-hmm. which is pretty much what happened in the comics. So she's going after him and she's going to get in too deep and Doctor Strange is going to get involved because she's got that dark hold thing, which I didn't know this till I read about it. Remember in Doctor Strange, there was one missing book in that library. Yeah, that's the book. Oh, sweet. That's the one book that was stolen. So that's it links to that already. And then Agatha, when she, you know, defeated her. She said, Agatha said, like, you're going to need my help. And she said, I know where I can find you. It's totally foreshadowing. They're going to bring her back in Doctor Strange to help out because she eventually is Scarlet Witch's like mentor, which they're going to transition her into, I think, in the movies. Which is fantastic because Catherine Hahn was amazing. It's really good. We've already talked about Elizabeth Olsen and Catherine Hahn's acting, but this final episode, Catherine Hahn in her, like, I'll just say final form or whatever, that purple dress and it flowing as she floated and whatnot was so awesome looking it looked so cool and then wanda you know essentially turning into what her mcu character truly is or or the vision of her i hate to use the word vision here but she got her outfit and it looks badass. She looks like she could kick some. I still preferred the Halloween costume because I mean, <laughs> wow. Yeah, she looks super cute in the Halloween outfit. I mean, everything leading up to that though, she's basically, you know, she looks like she's fighting wearing clothes right out, like out of TJ Maxx or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was pretty absurd. But yeah, she looked badass as hell in the outfit they made for the MCU Scarlet Witch. And I mean, have we decided, is the whole reason they didn't call her Scarlet Witch the entire time she was in the MCU is because like the actual name was tied up with Fox bullcrap? Maybe. I don't know. Because there's a good chance. Like, yeah. I feel like they didn't say they didn't say Quicksilver either. Yeah, they never did. Maybe the actual name. It was like, you can use these characters as Avengers characters, but you can't you actually use their names Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver because I don't think those names were even revealed until they joined the Avengers comic books. I think when they were Brotherhood of Evil Mutant characters, they were Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, and that was it. I think it was more they didn't want brand confusion because if Fox was going to use them too, they didn't want to advertise them more than necessary. Yeah, for sure. People would start buying Quicksilver action figures and moms would buy the fucking Fox ones, not knowing that it was the Marvel. Like, I think that was more, I think they could have, but they wanted to create more of a separation. That's exactly why they killed Quicksilver off anyway. They're like, ah, all right, I guess we don't really need this guy. Right, because he was already being used in the other. And I love Quicksilver. I think he's a cool ass character like i love that he's impatient i love that he's super arrogant and all these cool little quirks about the character that we just don't get because he's dead right so that sucks 
And again, the coolest thing about them is that they were supposed to be Magneto's kids. And I know that's not how they started, and it was eventually revealed, but that was always the coolest thing about them, no matter what anyone says. And now it's taken away, but now they're going to try and dabble with it and they might have to try and re-retcon that retcon. I don't know how that works. I'm probably not even saying it right. It was definitely alluded to in Days of Future Past when Quicksilver had oh, that yeah. moment with uh, Magneto in the elevator or something. Right, but yeah, but did they ever reference that he had a twin sister? No. Yeah. They did, did they really? They, well, they mentioned a sister. They didn't reference a twin. They referenced a sister, but I thought it was, it was a like, little sister. Yeah, because he had like a little sister at that house, but... I don't know. He might have been adopted. Who knows? And on top of it, they... Well, it doesn't matter because that's dead anyway. We're in the Marvel Universe. I think it was Apocalypse where they confirmed that Magneto was Quicksilver's dad, but he didn't want to confront Magneto about it or whatever. But they did confirm it on screen, but we're trying to forget those movies ever existed anyway. Days of Future Past actually isn't is the least terrible of them all. Mm. It's good. It's really good. And like, that was the thing. It was like, that was the reset button. They had everything in line. They're like, okay, now we have an established continuity. This is what it is. This is where it's going to go. And then when Apocalypse started, they're like, fucked it up worse with the same director. They're like, let's just start from square one again for no reason. Oh, Nightcrawler's here, but he's not Mystique's kid and all this other stupid crap like it was so bad that is hands down my least favorite of the the fox movies and that's saying something did any of you watch that assembled show i did watch that i don't know how many more episodes they're going to do but they interview elizabeth olsen several times at certain points she was talking about the outfits and going back to that halloween outfit and she said had they presented this to me back when i started i you know really reluctantly not wear this but it's so cool to wear it now in this Halloween episode, but then to reveal her like final form was so awesome to get there. She mentions how when they were filming, don't worry about what she's wearing in the comics. You're not going to have to wear something like that. And don't worry about the outfit that you have in these movies. We're going to get back to your character at some point and get you to that version. In hearing that, and obviously, you know, hindsight 2020, it seemed like they had a plan that, okay, the next phase of the MCU, we're going to pull in these these other characters. And with Wanda and perhaps Vision, now that they have White Vision out there, they've established some vet characters from the previous MCU phase to lead the next phase. Yeah, those are awesome characters to carry over for sure. She looks so fucking badass in that outfit. Man, can you imagine how sweet it would look if they did a Quicksilver outfit that way, like modernized, like it'd be like the cool blue, like bodysuit type thing with the sweet white lightning bolts around it. Like it would look so cool. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Why'd they kill that guy? No. (laughs) Who knows? Because that swerve might be that they bring back the Aaron Taylor Johnson in the end, like through the doctor strange right maybe yeah. they bring him back and it's actually that one because he i thought he was cool he looked sweet uh i don't know he was wearing just like an under armor shirt uh rick please edit out <laughs> joe uh disagreeing with me there if you could <laughs> <laughs> he literally just wore like an under armor shirt he had cool sneakers. white ha- he had cool white hair it wasn't that cool he was all right they just bleached the top it yeah. looked like bird shit jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anywho, so <laughs> the, the Fox Quicksilver, the, he had the best scenes in the two different movies he was in. Yeah. They're a little overpowered by the end of it, though. 
by the end of it. That was the only thing they had. Ah, it's like, see? this movie sucks, but right. let's do a Quicksilver scene. Right. That that was the thing that they were trying to do in Apocalypse. So like, hey, remember how much you loved this in Days of Future Past? We'll do it again because um, we're about to show a Weapon X scene where Wolverine doesn't hang dong. And it really upsets <laughs> Joe Coleman. <laughs> Whatever. They put him in these long ass board shorts that come down to like the middle of his shins. Like they could have CGI. I could have been his leg double. It would have been fine. I'm sure he needed to get jacked quick for that. And he wasn't good. He was skipping legs is what that was about. 100%. I know, but see, that's the beautiful thing about Hugh. Like, he always, like, makes fun of himself. He'll post stuff, whatever, and he'll say, some, like, something about working out, and he'll be like, yeah, I know, guys, I don't have any legs, and I need to really work those, but I don't feel like doing that right now, or whatever. So he always makes fun of himself. It's like, you dashing, talented bastard. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, guys. No, well, we have to talk like Hugh Jackman <laughs> every podcast. He's beautiful. So... In WandaVision, you know, we just talked about Quicksilver and, and the whole kind of swerve, if you will. Then we come to find out that it's this, you know, oh, your name's Boner? Literally this little dick joke. And then on top of that, everything that we were waiting for from what Bettany had said about, you know, working with this actor that he'd always wanted to work with. And then it fucking turns out to be himself. Actually, looking back on that fight, I really liked it. They, I mean, they threw down for a minute, but they're the same person or entity or robot. Mm-hmm. They were equally matched. The only thing that the other vision had was a conscience. Their battle became about him realizing he's a boat, as one does. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> and then he uploaded all of his memories into him. He didn't up. He unblocked the memories they blocked in the Android body. Yeah. But that scene was sweet when they're rotating and talking to each other. They're the same brain at that point. That was fucking sweet and mm-hmm. the fight of like phasing into each other and solidifying and throwing each other through shit that was like pretty badass mm-hmm. yeah and kind of answered what he was because you thought he was just his consciousness but it wasn't it was just a something she made from the mind stone so he's just totally artificial well no, that was pretty fucking sweet and he's busted through that ceiling he's coming back someday yeah but it does seem like while he unblocks whatever programming they had in him and he realizes that he's vision when what's well, called purple vision, when purple vision is touching his, and it wasn't even the mind stone. It was whatever his little interface stone. There's yellow waves that are going into him. So did he implant some memories or some consciousness within him to essentially remove that from the hex, you know, that we find out later, like at some point, are they going to turn this white vision into into the vision that we know i think they pretty much did in that moment but we don't know why he just fucked off because he didn't come back and wanda's got to know he's still around right i mean she's almost no because omniscient at this point to an extent oh yeah 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 she saw the white vision show like try to crush her skull and then he fought her vision so she knows he's still out there somewhere she's probably thinking what happened to that weird vision that tried to murder me He'll show up in at some point, possibly in Doctor Strange too. But he's going to be, I mean, even though he's going to have the memories and whatnot, he's going to be kind of devoid of personality. They foreshadowed that because they had in Ultra, Age of Ultron, remember Bruce Banner, they were talking about what would Vision be without the Mind Stone, and he says maybe the best parts. So he alluded to way back then that like he's more than just the Mind Stone. Then that's always been the question of what is he? And I think this is them kind of making him more human. I think he already has the 
memory. He's slowly getting his memories back now, I think is what they're leading to. He's probably fucked off to somewhere. Uh, maybe he's looking for, because Iron Man's gone. He couldn't help him. Maybe he's with Banner somewhere. Yeah. He's, he's, he definitely went to go find somebody, I think, is where they're going to allude to where he's at, getting his shit together. Yeah. What's been interesting about this entire series is that it got me to go rewatch Age of Ultron and kind of get mad about how fucking poorly executed that movie was, but also how important that movie is to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, I wonder if part of them, this whole movie was about making Age of Ultron important, and I wonder if it's that way of boosting the views on it on Disney+. Plus. It's making people think, you know, you got to go back and watch it. Age of Ultron really isn't, I mean, there's some dumb stuff in it, like, I don't know, Hulk and Black Widow's relationship for no reason. God, I hated that. There's still a lot to like about it. It's still a lot of fun, but it's just, it's almost just generic action movie fare to an extent. It was like, we have to make another Avengers. Here we go. Here's the story. But there's still a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff. A lot of shoehorning of shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But because of Age of Ultron, we get the Sokovia Accords. We obviously, you know, we get Wanda and her brother. We get Vision. Yeah, it seems to be that kind of, you know, maybe we didn't like a lot of it, but a lot of things stemmed from that that basically led to Endgame. Yeah. And at first, I didn't even like Ultron, like how yeah. snarky he was and how much of a personality he has. But like now when I watch it back, I really love the personality that's put into that character and stuff. There's a lot to really like about the menace of Ultron. And I like how uh, Rachel, who's not a comic fan, will watch it with me and she's terrified of Ultron. She thinks he's the creepiest thing she's ever seen. So I love that aspect that like he inspires fear into like a general audience and things like that, because it is a very creepy character when you take it out of the context of what it is you're like man this is a really messed up robot guy (laughs) especially when they introduce him when he walks in as one of those robots all fucked up and starts talking yeah that was actually really creepy as fuck there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff spader is is awesome i loved his when he was robert california so (laughs) he is (laughs) he's he's so kick-ass can we talk about the saddest line of the show I think I know exactly where Rich is going with this. When they're saying goodbye to the kids and she drops, thank you for letting me be your mom. Yeah. And you no way you couldn't fucking cry a little bit during that. Well, and up to that point, I was thinking that she was going to shut down the hex and just have it around that house. And they were yeah, just going to live in that house. And as soon as she dropped that line on the kids, I realized uh, she's shutting this whole thing down. And then, yeah, you know, to say goodbye to Vision. Yeah, that was a heavy, heavy line. There were a lot of heavy lines in this whole show. The entire show was about loss and grief. And Mm -hmm. she went through all the stages of grief throughout Mm -hmm. each episode. I saw that where basically the 50s and 60s was uh, denial. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we got into anger into the 70s when, uh, you know, the kids were born and uh, she tossed Rambo Mm -hmm. out. And then from anger, we get into... Do we go into depression from there or bargaining? I think it's bargaining, then depression, yeah. and then acceptance. Yep. Yeah. Because that's that's the way the yep. shows went. And to see the sword director tried to portray her as, you know, she went in there and she went into the sword headquarters and stole the vision's body and destroyed the place and blah, 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 blah. And then we actually see that she walked out of there 
you know, and she didn't lose her shit until she went to the house that wasn't built. Mm -hmm. But by the end of the show, you know, she'd fully accepted what had taken place. But also she had some badass powers, too, coming out of it. So I have to tell you, too, I am all the way there for a Kat Dennings and Jimmy Woo spinoff. I want to see them be the new Mulder and Scully. (laughs) <laughs> and just go and do X-Files together. That would be a perfect oh, way to get a bunch of B and C yeah. list characters in there, actually. Yeah, I want them to be the Marvel X-Files where they just go and do uh, weird cases. It'd be so sweet. Well, that's what I hope She-Hulk is. I hope She-Hulk is like the yeah. comic where it was basically Harvey Birdman and you had these weird random superhero court cases each episode. I'm in. What if that's how they introduce Matt Murdock in the MCU? Whatever. I don't give a shit how they do it. <laughs> he has to go head-to-head with Matt Murdock in one of the cases. I'd lose my shit. That'd be so cool. Yeah, that would be We great. just finished season three again of Daredevil. Yeah, I watched it through a little while ago, too. It's still the best thing I've ever fucking seen. I need to rewatch that whole show again, because, man, I love it. It's unreal. It's mm. so good. But, it, again, I'm just fueled with, they need to pick up exactly where they left off. Don't restart it. Don't bring in no, new people. Yeah. Just pick up where you left off. You've got this great channel. You've got these movies. He's established. Yeah. I want to see Bullseye and his Bullseye outfit. I want he to was see that. So good. That guy was fun. Dude, they did that so well. Yeah. It was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Dude, when they lead up, when he's talking about the girl, he's talking about his girl, and you think it's his girlfriend, and then they, sh- they, sh- they show him, oh, yeah, we have pizza every whatever, and then he's eating pizza from the car, watching her, you're like, Jesus. I think that the one thing that Spider-Man has taught us is that you don't need to origin story things that we already know. We didn't need to see yeah. Uncle Ben die again. We didn't need to see Peter Parker in the science lab. It's okay to just jump into... He's got a suit. He's got these powers. He's still awkward as fuck. We left out the first, you know, six months of him being a superhero because we were. Yeah, he, he, he explained it to his buddy while they were walking down the street for a hot second. That's all yeah. we need. And on top of it, like, they're so well established that almost everybody knows their origin to begin with anyway. Yeah. Like, I was watching, uh, you know, the BVS Ultimate Edition with Rachel, and she'd never seen that movie, but it starts with the credits of young Bruce Wayne walking down the alley, and before it even happens, Rachel only seen Batman 89 on top of it, but she goes, how many times do I have to see his parents get shot? So this would have been the second time she would have saw it. I was like, first of all, you haven't even seen Batman Begins, and they, they actually do it really, really well, and it has a lot of meaning in that movie. Wow. You're absolutely right. That's that's the thing. You know what happens. You don't need to show it all over and over again. Well, she saw Joker with us. That happened in Joker as well. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Jeez. It was Batman Begins that uh, Dr. Oh, was it uh, the comedian was uh, uh, Thomas Wayne, the guy who played the comedian? He was Thomas Wayne in BVS. BVS. Okay. And who was his mom in that? Who, uh, it was uh, the Maggie from The Walking Dead. That's right. Yeah, but man, I I don't know. Just like the the way they do it in Batman Begins is perfect because like Thomas Wayne does literally everything he can possibly do to not get shot, and then like he just ends up getting shot, and then his wife gets shot, and that's it. Like, and it's done so well. Like, it's it's the it can't be topped. Don't try. It, you, you know, we've seen it too much yeah. now, so just yeah, well, let it be. We we know who Batman is. Do it. Do the bat thing. And Thomas Wayne wasn't a pushover. I mean, yeah, and that's why I really liked a lot of the the convergence stuff uh, where we got to see Thomas Wayne as Batman. 
because you got to realize, I mean, it was. Oh, yeah. He was he was a chip off the old block. And the Thomas Wayne Batman, how fucking brutal he was, because he was just I mean, they killed his wife and his son. So now all of you must die right now. Well, he yeah, had no more was code. It awesome. was just, everyone must die. And there's like, have you ever seen? Uh, have you have you seen Justice League Unlimited, the show? No. Like, there's there's an episode where they adapt a Superman annual where it's Superman's birthday, whatever, and uh, Wonder Woman and Batman show up to the Fortress of Solitude to give him presents and all this stuff. But Mongul is there, and he's attached to this this alien creature to Superman that gives it that pulls him into this false reality where it establishes this dream world where it gives him everything he ever wanted. And at one point they fight it away and then it attaches to Batman and it goes to this flashback of uh, Batman in the alley. And when the, you know, Joe chill pulls the gun out, Thomas Wayne pulls the gun down and just starts rocking him and beating the shit out of him. And young Bruce is cheering and all this stuff. And there's just so much emotion to that episode. It's like, it's 30 minutes, but it's like the best DC animation Ever. And that says a lot because they've done so many great Batman animated series episodes, a lot of great Justice League episodes. But this this personally stands alone because it's just so great. And then like Wonder Woman's trying to pull this uh, whatever, whatever the aliens called off of him that's lo- locked him into this false sense and bring him back to reality. And when he does, Joe Chill eventually in this fantasy swats Thomas Wayne away. And you see Bruce's smile fade and turn into a frown as he gets shot. Like it's, dude, it's awesome. You got, you got to check that out. Did you hear that Batman the Animated Series uh, comic is uh, coming back with the yeah. original uh, yeah. writers and artists again? That'll be interesting. I mean, I think that's kind of uh, cool. The show gave us Harley Quinn, who's like the most, yeah. one of the most popular yeah. DC characters. Period. Now, which is crazy, for better or worse. <laughs> Yeah, no, she's she's been she's been written correctly and she's been written terribly, and that's what I say about Deadpool too. Yep, you're completely correct. You know, we've talked about how this could all be leading up to Secret Wars. Is it going to take them much like it took them ten years to get to Endgame? Is it going to take them ten years to get to that? I think that the uh, the runway is going to be slow, be a lot shorter this time. I think that uh, it took them that long because they they were they were building from scratch. They had nothing. Now that they have all of this built up, I think you could build up to a like have a couple movies build up to a big event almost every other year between a series and a and a movie. I don't think that they're going to want to wait ten years to get the the payday of a um, Infinity War again. And on top of it, we like you were saying, we have the series now. It's another avenue to tell the stories, and people yeah. are going to line up to watch them no matter what. So if you're invested in the MCU, you're going to have Disney Plus hand, almost hands down. You're going to have it, and you're going to watch the show so they can easily tell the story there. And it's going to be better, as we've seen, than if you only had two and a half hours to tell that one story in a movie because you have six plus now think those payoffs are going to be coming a lot more frequently and a lot quicker so it'll be cool i think and also we got to give marvel a little more leeway because they did lose like a whole year because black widow was supposed to have come out forever ago and that set back this whole thing i think the turtles was supposed to have come out by now too right yeah it was supposed to come out uh last november dude yeah so so we've we're kind of been we might have gotten something really cool by now i wouldn't be bitching so much we, I mean, we got WandaVision, which was really kick-ass. And, and we're getting, 
you know, Bucky and Falcon next week. So there's a lot of and George St. Pierre shows up. God, I hope he has Batrock's mustache. That's what we need to see. The GSP <laughs> is in uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. I mm-hmm. heard he is. Yeah, and like yeah, because he was in uh, Captain America too. He was the opening villain in that. He fought him. He was jumping around on that boat. Hippity bibbity. I don't even remember. Now that. I don't know if this is a spoiler or a rumor or whatever. It's nothing monumental, but like apparently, like I I read it as a rumor. I I read like kind of a headline, so I don't know if it's the real deal or not. But apparently, the Thunderbolts make an appearance in Falcon and Winter Soldier, which makes sweet. sense because Baron Zemo started the Thunderbolts under the guise of Citizen V. Oh, so, I wouldn't be shocked if U.S. Agent is part of the Thunderbolts. Yeah, so they might be, this. They might be setting up their own Avengers as, as the Thunderbolts. I don't know how they're going to set it up, but like. That would be the beginning of it, right? Yeah, so maybe they'll Fate have happened. all these like um, rehabilitated supervillains, whatever, as part of a government-sponsored superhero team, kind of like the Avengers, whatever. You know, it's their government-controlled and stuff like that. So maybe we'll have Batrock the Leaper as a Thunderbolt, and we know the th- the Abomination is coming back, and She-Hulk. Maybe they actually have him debut. Oh shit! Yeah, they might have him show up in this show, especially because I I don't know because I'm a giant toy nerd. There's an MCU wave of Marvel Legends coming out, but they haven't shown it yet, and it's supposed to come out next month. And the build a figure is unknown, and I'm like, well, who could the build a figure be if it's not Agatha? Which it seems like it's too small to be a build a figure. Good chance it's MCU Abomination because he's part of the Thunderbolts. Who who knows? There's a good chance. Again, it's all conjecture, so it's not really a spoiler. Just throwing it out there. I forgot Tim Roth was coming back. I forgot they announced that. That's sweet. Yeah, that'll be cool. So, you know, we've got Falcon Winter Soldier coming out here well, this Friday. Hopefully oh, we have edited by then. We've got Loki in June. What if this summer? But this month, and actually this week, we get the Snyder Cut coming out was it like Wednesday or Thursday and that's four hours long and then at the end of the month we get Godzilla versus Kong which I've been oh. working to get caught up on my Godzilla and Kong movies you gotta watch Skull Island yeah I just watched oh, Skull man. Island uh yesterday and how good is that movie it's a fantastic movie first it's of all so John, fun. Uh, John C. Riley was an unexpected treat he was uh, he was fucking great yeah and everyone's great John Goodman yeah John for, they had every fucking star in that movie it was phenomenal. My only thing was, was that uh, Samuel Jackson kind of went all Colonel Kurtz and didn't listen to fucking shit and got everybody killed because he was uh, trying to get his guns. And He's Ahab. He is, yeah, he was Ahab. And you had John C. Riley going, I, I've only lived here for 28 years. I fucking know they, <laughs> what you do They here. hit the tone with John C. Riley's character so well. He was goofy, but it was so still well. like really yeah. heartfelt at the same time. Like, man, they, yep. they met like that movie mastered a lot of things and the shit it was good it was great it was great i uh you're gonna enjoy yourself viv yeah no i just watched the well i'll say the the first godzilla but it was you know gareth edwards yeah. godzilla and what was funny of that to me in that movie was that elizabeth olsen and uh what's his name aaron aaron taylor johnson yeah are a married couple in that movie and their brother sister in the mcu yeah yeah they came out uh, like the same year too yeah. i think Gareth Edwards, he's the one that did him. I think there's the one that did a movie called Monster. Monsters. He did Monsters, Monsters. and that's what gave him Godzilla. Yeah. Did you see that? No. No, I, I actually. Highly, I, it's on my. Highly. Mind. Yeah. Really good. Uh, it, it had to have been because they give him guy. They basically had him. 
you know, essentially reboot American Godzilla to lead up to Godzilla versus Kong. So he's started this, what is now going to be a four movie story arc and did it brilliantly. I thought the, just yeah. everything about that flick was awesome. Yeah. They, and then they, they gave him rogue one, which is one of the better star Wars movies ever made. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Monsters is the first movie where it's a love story with a monster story as a backdrop. It's so man, like the mo- giant monsters almost have nothing to do with the movie, and they, it, man, it's really good. It's really fucking good. Well, and that's kind of the Godzilla flick I just watched. You mm-hmm. know, it's supposed to be this love story, and and the guy's trying to get back to his wife, and he keeps tripping up with these villain uh, monsters. What do they call them? Moitus or something? Uh, Mutos, and it's like an acronym for something. I forgot what it yeah, was. Yeah, massive unidentified something I terrestrial yeah whatever. basically it's yeah it's just a big big uh well it wasn't a big lizard it was like a big uh big beetle basically the male had wings and the female was giant and godzilla just showed up like okay i'm here to kill him and then i gotta go did you watch the second one yet not yet no that, that um, one's good and they go into the lineage of the giant like all like if you watch any of the old toho movies oh god yeah they give you hints of like all of them. Oh man, that's really, sweet. yeah. yeah I, I'd seen this one before and rewatched it. Uh, this was this just Sunday night, man. I don't even remember these days. Uh, yeah. So the, the next Godzilla flick is on my list and then I got to go to skull Island and wrap that up before end of the month. But it's actually going to be in the theaters come like the 25th or 27th or something. I mean, I got that vax in me now and people start getting that vax. I might have to see that one in the theaters, dude. That might have to be a theory. And just the same way, I don't usually do the IMAX, but Doctor Strange was 110% worth seeing IMAX. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. I couldn't imagine that in IMAX. That was such a trippy flick. It was crazy. Well, what do we think about the Snyder Cut? I know we talked about it briefly. I don't, I'm not buying the hype. No. I'm not buying that all the overhype of it. Four hours. That's, that is arrogant. That whew. it's just rude. For uh, what a what a commitment! Like dedicate your whole day to this movie. You already know I make complete garbage. <laughs> like Man, Man of Steel was not that great. Yep. Batman vs Superman was abysmal. And like I was telling you guys before we started here, I watched uh, BVS the Ultimate Edition over the weekend. And the reason why everybody says that that movie is so great is because you already know the dumb stuff to expect the you know the wind has already been taken out of your sails so you know that martha is coming you know that jesse eisenberg is going to be trash you know about all the stupid flaws that exist in this movie now the only thing that makes it better is because like clark kent doesn't look and superman doesn't look like such a dumbass the whole time because you get to see him actually do his reporting and the fact that he has heat with the way batman does things you can still when you put it under the microscope poke flaws in that because you know superman is 30 something years old he's grown up in the world and batman has apparently been operating for 20 something years at this point i guess according to alfred i'm sure superman being the super journalist he is would have heard about this bat vigilante at some point over the past 20 years fighting the joker and the riddler and all these other super villains he's been battling in gotham city for 20 years so it, there's a lot of stuff that falls apart. That being said, I did I like the Ultimate Edition, but it's still not that great. And it's at, it, it, it asked a lot of me at three plus hours. And this is going to be four. Oh, bro. I don't know when I'm going to fit this in. It drops Thursday. I don't think I'm going to watch it Thursday night. And that would probably be 
Uh, yeah, I'm not going to watch it Thursday night. I got to piece it out. I'm going to be like an hour a day over the next few days. Yeah, I'm going to have to. There's just too much to do these days to, to cut out four hours. I it's think four hours. Yeah, that's a lot of time. And I think that's one of the things we liked about Justice League when we did the podcast about that is that it was kind of short from what I recall. I feel like it was between 90 minutes and two hours it was it was shorter it wasn't too long i don't remember it being painful it it wasn't painful it wasn't great it it definitely wasn't what it should have been which is why i'm excited that justice league is another um at bat for this because it's the biggest superhero franchise it should have been you have batman superman and wonder woman all in one freaking movie like on Kevin Smith's podcast, he, his co-host said the best thing a couple of years ago when they put BVS out and it wasn't very good. He was like, you know, Warner Brothers literally has the biggest dick in the world and they have no idea what to do with it. That's very accurate because they have the three biggest superhero names possible before the MCU became a thing. They have the three biggest names and somehow they put out a movie that was just trash. That was not very good. There's there's some enjoyable elements to it, but for the most part, the way people act and the story is just not great and definitely not what it should have been. Avengers succeeded because it was carefully calculated and built to, and you know there was such a nice foundation for it to succeed. And then when the Avengers finally happened, it was off to the races, and now we have things like WandaVision and Guardians of the Galaxy, and they're taking chances on stuff like Eternals. Yep. It just goes to show, if you show the proper care, you can do anything. But even if you have the biggest dick in the room with Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, if you don't know how to use it, you're going to screw it up. Which brings me to Wonder Woman 84. I still haven't finished that damn thing. because do two it. And a, it's two and a <laughs> half hours long. I know we want to do a quick bitch session about it, and we will. Every time I try to start it, I either fall asleep or it, it just like, I have to turn it off. You're going to have to put it on in the background while you're doing something else. Yeah, but I kind of... Yeah. That's how I finished it, was that I, I just had it... I let it go while I worked, and I didn't feel like I missed anything. No, you didn't. I got I got angry enough in the first hour of it that uh, it was it was already over for me. <laughs> I will say, at least Wonder Woman was so terrible that I wanted to finish it because I wanted to see how it was. was. Justice League isn't amazing. I don't know if... I'm going to want to finish it to see where it goes. Cause mm-hmm. that's too, that's, I mean, that's two star Wars movies. Arrogance. So absolute <laughs> arrogance. Yeah. It is very arrogant. I, I can't wait. I'm excited to see it. Like I said, cause I really want a good justice league movie. I love Batman. I love Superman. I really hate the guy they have playing the flash. So that's completely, see, that's one of the things I know that's already going to irk me. And I'm going to hate going into this movie. Cause that guy sucks. I like Jason Momoa as Aquaman very sexy man very jacked so i'm a fan of that well he made aquaman cool yeah 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 aquaman was a really cool movie and obviously i love gal gadot as wonder woman so there's a lot of cool stuff and apparently cyborg shines a lot uh in this movie too so there's a lot of cool stuff to see but it's still four hours like we're getting two plus hours of additional footage We'll see, man. That's one of the funny things about it, too. Like, if this succeeds, is if it's a massive success, what are the chances that we're actually going to see Snyder do his trilogy that he planned? Are they actually- He says it's never. That's it, eh? He confirmed it's never happening. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he has any interest. Money talks, though. I mean, if they said, hey, dude, here's $100 million for your bank account. Just make these stupid movies. I'm real curious how different this is going to be from what we saw, you know, whatever, two and a half years ago. 
Well, it'll show you how much of the bad shit of it was Joss Whedon, right? Now you'll know who was to blame for a lot of it. Oh, for sure. After seeing this one. Yeah, remember all of the all of the crap we were reading when they were making this and then editing it, you know, or then they got rid of Snyder and yeah. just all the bullshit back and forth. Yeah, the development of this movie was a mess. There'll, there'll be a documentary about yeah. it someday, I think, about the making of like how what a fucking mess this was. Yeah, I am I'm looking forward to the documentary more than I am to this Snyder cut. <laughs> yeah. I'm still looking forward to it cuz um Ben Affleck Batman is my second favorite Batman. So as much as Batman versus Superman may have sucked, he we got the best Batman action scene of all time in that movie. That warehouse scene. That was pretty cool. That was better than anything in the, any of the Bale movies, really. Any of the. I fun mean, movies. I didn't care for you know his kink of branding guys and stuff like that. that was Whatever. Old. That's pretty weird. That was some it Frank just, Miller shit. Yeah, it was. It was too extreme at some point, and then there was still the you know tell me something. Do you bleed? Like, clearly not something Batman would say, but whatever. <laughs> well, it sucks because it would have been fine if that was a Batman we had had in his normal years, but we went straight to, like, grizzled as fuck, done with it, Batman. He's had it, and now he's killing people. Right. So <laughs> He was still awesome. He was like he, he was Joe Coleman on his third day of serving tables at Red Robin. Dude, that's exactly who it is. <laughs> but with money. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> and he's a billionaire, you know, with mo- money, talent, and brilliance, all that stuff. All right, guys, let's take it home. God damn, this thing is designed. Who fucking wrote this? We'll fix it in post. <laughs> Daylight savings time. Killed just killing us all. Doing a number. We'll get we'll bring in a celebrity to narrate <laughs> over the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Edit that. Post eight. Did I tell you when I put slime in my sister's hair because I was a piece of shit? <laughs> I think every kid that had slime put it in their sister's hair. Like she it wasn't even like He Man slime. It was Toxic Avenger slime from 1991. Oh. Like it was like the lowest grade slime you could get. It wasn't turtle mutagen. It wasn't He-Man slime. It was Toxic Avenger slime. And she pissed me off. And I said, "Here's some slime in your hair." <laughs> Mom had to cut it out. <laughs> and now, <laughs> and now I think back, and I'm like, God, I hate little Joe. I hate him so much. Yeah, me too, man. I think about that. God damn. Sorry, Rick. <laughs> I have to do a lot of editing on this stuff. And cool. I'll pick up from the second verse. Second verse, same as the first. <laughs> louder and a little bit worse. Okay, we're all recording again. Rick, I'm sorry that this podcast won't see the light of day for another three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna take some editing. It's okay. <laughs> You do a phenomenal job, though. So yes. thank you. That's a burn on both of you. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> we going to call it here. <laughs> I think so. You got to be editing this bad boy for another couple of weeks. So <laughs> we're going to get the Snyder cut of this podcast <laughs> in the fucking week after that. <laughs>